This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now with local real estate expert Harvey Blankfeld. Where we want to educate you about our market, empower you to make wise decisions, and help you engage with our expert contributors. I want to talk to you about what's going to be happening in the coming weeks and months in terms of uh, mortgages as people are coming out of this pandemic. And I think it's important uh, for them to understand what what will be doable and what might be more troublesome. So let's talk, first of all, what if, what if they were furloughed, but they're back at work? What's going on? If you were furloughed, and and by rule or definition, it's if you were unable to go to work and do your job, whether it be from your home or, or at the office, whether or not they paid you, whether or not you had to go unemployment, those kind of things, that's not relevant. You, you, you are kind of... Uh, you are given the title of being furloughed. If you are have returned to work and you're back to your normal level of income, and that income is uh, sort of guaranteed income, meaning it's a salary, it's an hourly rate based upon the number of hours you work, that sort of thing, we're gonna give you your normal full pay as soon as you can show me a pay stub to show that you're back to full-time work. So for those people, you're back in the game, you don't really have any problems or difficulties that are gonna be put on you. What if I was paid uh, through unemployment at some point during that process? Does that hurt me or help me? Um, or what's... Good, good for you. I mean, I'm happy that you got that money. Um, that's a nice thing to have in the bank account to keep keep things going. But from the mortgages eyes, no, we don't get to use that income as part of your qualification. I'm not going to hold it against you that you got it, um, but I'm also not going to give you any bonus points because you did. If I'm self-employed, which I am, mm-hmm. uh, and my business did great or slowed down. What, what about that? What about if I'm self-employed during this process? Yeah, the, this is one of the areas that that changed in a significant way, in my opinion. So, for those people that are self-employed, um, let's start with the basic. Let's say your business was not negatively impacted, and you continued to kind of make your money that you you've always sort of typically made. Um, your world is relatively unchanged uh, in the way we're going to qualify you, except you're now going to be asked to provide a, uh, a profit and loss statement on your business for this year up to the month before you apply for the loan. So we're in June now. You would need to provide me a May 31st pop profit and loss showing your year-to-date income. And, and here's the, a new layer. You have to show me business bank statements that support that level of income for the last two months. Okay. So in, in, in previous non-COVID world, I would simply look at your tax returns and sort of average the numbers. You didn't have to prove much beyond that. Now they're actually pr- having you prove that you're earning the income that you say you're earning. Basically, are your deposits into your bank account matching the revenues that you say you're making? For those people that did have their business be interrupted, um, your your business is way off, you own a restaurant, you're shipping things from China, whatever the case is, if your business has been negatively impacted, what they're gonna say is ignore sort of how much money you were making in the past, how much have you made in 2020, and what is that level of income? And Do you have the business, the bank statements to support that? And we're going to use the lower of those numbers. So if you've made less this year, which obviously people are going to have, is going to be the case, right? Right. We're going to use the more conservative number uh, of this year's um, uh, disturbed income uh, for your qualification. 
And that's, that's the drawback. How much time after disruption will you allow for us to say, okay, I, you know, business was here during, during the pandemic, it went to here, but now I'm coming out of it, it's back up to here. Will you go back to there? And how much time do I have to have back up top to, for you guys to give me the value for that? Or the, the credit it's it's going to be one of these things where we it's it's simply going to be an average. There's not like I'm going to exclude March through June and only look at July through September. I can't do that. I'm going to take a nine month average, a twelve, a six month average, whatever um, period of time we are in in 2020, and I'm going to look at the income over that period of time. So really, what we're talking about there is I need you to be back to uh, back to your normal level of revenue and maybe even better to make up for those debt months. There's a lot of people out there who ended up uh, skipping or, or getting forgiven for a mortgage payment or a car payment here or there. How does that impact yeah. your ability to borrow on a mortgage going forward? Uh, that's a good question. And I'm, I'm actively running into this now with with my new transactions, some borrowers, uh, have done that, and and it's it's interesting. So far, and 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 maybe this is just going to be the way it is. Those people that think they're ready to purchase a house, so far for me, have been this profile. They skipped a car payment. They skipped a house payment, not because they actually had to, but because they weren't sure how bad things were going to get, and so they held on to their money, right? right. And so the, the people have been able to make those missed payments if I ask them to. And so that's where we get to the guidance that, that we've been given as an industry. We've been told this, if you can make up all the payments that you've skipped and pay them and get current, then I can give you a mortgage the next day. Okay. If you skipped payments and you can't catch them up all at once, um, then what we ask or what we need to ask to do is you come to a modification agreement with that mortgage, which says you'll put those skip payments on the end of the loan, you'll increase your monthly payment to catch up, whatever the agreement is, and you have to make three months of on-time payments per that agreement. Once you've made three, on, three months of on-time payments, you're eligible to get a mortgage. All right, let's look at some stats, John. I, I, I'd love to get your input on these yeah. as well. Let's, let me bring up our market stats and you, we can talk about them. The, um, this past week, the first line here is uh, total homes available right now, and, and that came down about 142 from last week. The inventory continues to shrink, and I'll show you that in just a moment. Uh, we put 831 in escrow the past seven days, closed 498 the past seven days. Uh, we saw 160 withdrawn. That number's never been that bad throughout this whole, whole process, except for those first few weeks. The median sold price went up pretty significantly, but again, it's a week's worth of data, so I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not going to give that a lot of credence. And we'll talk about that in terms of the stretch throughout this process as well. The sold price per square foot, boy, that that didn't even budge. That stayed the same, 171 and change. And the, and the median days on the market just went up a day, and that, we've seen that slowly creep up. The total available, the inventory, going back to uh, the middle of May, has consistently dropped and went from 6,400 down to 5,600 over the last five weeks. And wow. that tells me that the activity still, is still there. I mean, we're selling homes. Uh, some have been withdrawn, but very, very few, but we're selling homes. The number in escrow has been growing uh, every week. When we look at these six, seven, and last two weeks, nine and 800, eight and 900 last couple of weeks, take a look at that compared to back then. 
when we were doing 300 and 400 wow. in escrow uh, back in early and yeah. uh, throughout April, really. But the almost tripled. Yeah. And this is an indication of where the closings will be 30 to 45 days from when they started. So closings will, will start to ramp up. And you can see closings sold properties, properties that closed escrow from this, you know, 319 back on May 14th to 498 uh, this past week and 497 the previous week. We've seen these numbers be pretty good the last four weeks. Some nice numbers there. And I suspect right. that that's going to continue to grow as we've seen these other numbers increase as well. The median price, you know, look, uh, this week went up. It was, that was, that was kind of, I, but I, again, that's an anomaly in the sense that you know, just a couple of big priced homes can make that, even if, though it's a median, you know, if some higher, a lot of higher priced homes closed, they'll push it. And a week's worth of data is not sufficient to support this too, too much. But you can see it's certainly not going down. That's the thing. Right. The median price is really steady overall when you look at week to week data. And look at the median price per square foot. This is even steadier, right in that low 170 number throughout the whole time. I mean, didn't even. I'm going, whoops, went too far, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 175 back then, and we're at 171 now. Maybe you can make a case it's down a tiny bit, but I, look, I don't see that. I think it's just been, it just, just supports the idea that pricing, while volume was affected, you know, pricing, not so much. Please join us again next week as we keep you up to date on everything real estate here in Southern Nevada. Remember, Send me any questions or ideas for next week's broadcast. Tune in every Thursday at 3. Also, please let your friends and family know to like our Facebook page and be reminded about our updates at LV Real Estate Radio. We'll catch you next week. Thanks again for joining us.